Welcome to the Faces podcast. We're a Christian and Muslim charity working to build resilience in faith communities against child sexual exploitation and other forms of harm. We'll be talking about what faith and interfaith work means to us and how we embed an inclusive and authentic approach throughout our work. Welcome to our podcast. Um, I, Melissa and I are joined uh, by Tony Thompson from Hope Church Luton and uh, Ruth from uh, Ruth Rob from Azalea. And both are uh, tr- trustees and founders of FACES, which is the group we're part of. And we're going to have a conversation today uh, about the subject of faith and politics. And can people of faith uh, lead in the top of politics? Um, the, the subject has come up because of the SNP elections to see who's going to be their leader. And um, in that process, uh, that leadership debate and so on, faith has come to the fore. The press um, have covered their newspapers with stories of faith. And in particular, um, they are drawing in, into the conversation uh, the two t- top candidates, um, so Nick, Nikki Forbes and um, um, Hamza Youssef as well, and bringing their faith into that. And uh, with the history of some of this, uh, Tim Farron, as leader of uh, the Lib Dems, um, was questioned in Parliament um, very strongly about his faith uh, and persistently. And as a result of that, felt he had to step down from his leadership uh, to either be a good Christian or, or a good leader of the particular party he was part of. So um, this debate has been raging in the press and the press have been very merciless with it. Um, and it it does beg the question, why is this such an issue uh, for the press? Can someone have a faith and still care for everybody in society? Can someone still have, have viewpoints that they hold personally, but actually deliver something in their job that reaches everybody? Uh, or is that exclusive or is that not? And this is all part of the debate. And um, has been, I think, for many, many years. Um, but it comes to the fore now. And I just wondered if if people would like to, uh, sorry, uh, did I say Nikki Forbes? It's Katie Forbes. Um, but actually um, discuss this together and and just see, is there space in, in politics, at the top of politics, for people with a faith? I think that's a million dollar question. And I think uh, one of the reasons why this is so important because I think it is a defining um, place and what you have is somebody, Kate Forbes, seeking to be honest and straightforward about saying, this is what I believe, why I believe it. However, I also am aware that others disagree and that in a democracy, you need to go with the majority view. And we will find out in the result of all of this as to whether it is possible for people of faith to be honest about what they believe or whether the way society works and functions that people have to um, fudge their faith and uh, pretend that it, it, it doesn't matter which it does. I, I think an, in, an interesting power <coughs> Uh, which uh, distinguishes faith from other things is the Brexit debate. And so whether Remainers 
can actually be involved in politics in a post-Brexit world. And so it was possible, so Theresa May became leader of the Conservative Party as a Remainer. But she was verified a bit because of that, and but she was allowed to do it, and there is an acceptance that some Remainers can be involved in the Brexit world. So, so outside of the faith argument, people can disagree, but they can be uh, involved with things even if they didn't necessarily agree with it to start with. The issue through here, Tim Fallon was an example where he was hounded out, although the comment he has made since is that it is possible for a Christian to be involved at that level, but just he didn't have the skills that were needed to be able to do that. And I, I heard an interesting uh, conversation between Kate Forbes and Tim Farron, uh, which was recorded before, uh, about six months or so ago, where Tim Farron uh, commended Kate Forbes for her presenting herself as a Christian uh, and being straightforward about it. Uh, and the, the fact that uh, he felt she was more able to do it than he had been um, because she'd had a number of other interviews before uh, this came up where she had declared herself as a Christian and what she believed. But I think it's come to a head now as to whether anybody can uh, be upfront about their faith, whether it's Christian or Muslim uh, or Hindu with uh, our current prime minister and still uh, be a political leader in a current context. So mm -hmm. I don't know. I hope that uh, Kate will be proven to be uh, able to be honest and straightforward, declare what she believes, but in an appropriate, moderate way and still be able to uh, be elected as a leader in politics based on her gifting, who she is, and what she can contribute to our society. One thing that we often talk about at Faces is how much we have in common with each other as Christians mm -hmm. and Muslims, um, compared to perhaps sometimes people who uh, don't identify as having any particular faith. And your question, Nigel, of, of can people of faith mm -hmm kind of be at the, the top of, of leadership in, in a political uh, realm in a country like this, essentially. Um, I suppose it's really important to remember that we are still the majority. Um, you know, more people identify as having a religion in the UK than so. Mm -hmm. um, and actually, as much as there might be some issues which are uh, presented as much louder than others, like around gender, like around sexuality and all of these things, which there can be some contention with religious belief around. Um, it's still really important that we're able to have that representation of what our beliefs are and speak for the majority of people in the UK who have a faith um, where, you know, these issues might actually be really relevant. And I acknowledge completely what Tony said in that there needs to be a balance of having your own beliefs, but also acknowledging that I may vote in a certain way and present a certain thing on some of these issues, being true to my faith and my belief, but actually whatever that outcome is based on the, the, the votes um, is what is upheld. Um, and so, yes, I think the 
mm. you know, that question is is a really important one, but the answer has to be yes. Yeah. And, and I think at the end of the day, everyone has belief. Every single person has belief. And sometimes that belief can be passionate about no belief, but there's always belief. And we, we all have our own moral compass. And if we are um, conscious about communicating that or not, it still directs our philosophies and our perspectives. So we, we all have them. And to say that someone um, hasn't got faith, in some ways I describe them as having faith in no faith. Uh, we all have that moral compass, don't we? We all have a directive within our, within our spirituality to to a hundred percent govern who we are and how we and I feel for Katie because she's been very upfront which is definitely against the tide um, of modern day politics and and it's been incredible how she's been she's been the focus of it perhaps more questioned than she has been in the last few weeks and she has been done you know for, for decades and for Katie she's very clear why she believes and why she doesn't believe and perhaps there's a little bit of a opportunity to to hijack the agenda into saying that she's intolerant because of that but the truth is she's a very very tolerant person I've known Katie for years and and her tolerance is inspirational and her respect of another with a different view is perhaps I, I would dare to say stronger than the average person. She embraces different very well. Um, and we all need it. I urgently need other people in my life who have different perspectives. And she's very strong in that narrative personally. And she gathers people who have different perspectives so that she can have a balanced focus. Yeah, I, I think um, with, with all of this, I'm just wondering, what do you think the benefits of having someone who has faith um, that they they are clear on um, at the um, top of an organisation, and what do you think the, the the probably pitfalls could be? And uh, you know, being upfront like this is something um, you know that's been very clear in this uh, leadership contest. But these people haven't been quiet about their faith the whole way through, mm. and they have been up the top of that mm. party. Mm. So I'm just wondering, what do you think the benefits or um, potential pitfalls are going forward? Because this story mm. is going to unravel over yeah. the next few weeks yeah. and months. And yeah. I'm just wondering, you know, what what do you think those things may be? Can I yeah. start with the the pitfalls? Um, and I think it's clear it's that when someone says I'm Christian or I'm Muslim there is so much misunderstanding around what that means um, because even people, you know, within that faith may not have the, the you know, the, the, the knowledge and, and kind of background to where they actually know all the ins and outs. Mm -hmm. and there might be a lot of um, misinformation and, and misconceptions around what that means um, mm -hmm. as, as an individual and as a leader and as a politician. Um, so I think that's a big pitfall, it, it, but that doesn't speak to the person's um, ability. That speaks to the society we're in and the way that faith is viewed, unfortunately. Um, you know, the fact that it's been okay to, to, to follow the line of questioning that we've seen um, throughout this debate is, uh, it, you know, it shows that there is a real problem with how faith is viewed. Um, and it's okay to kind of almost discriminate against the beliefs that we have mm. um, where it suits and where it sells. Mm. Um, so that's unfortunately been one of the, the negatives we've seen. Mm. 
I think it's incredible with Katie because she's being seen to be a woman who is driven by policies rather than a woman who is driven by popularity. And that's very refreshing. And we urgently need that in politics, that we are not about a commercial entity, that we are about people of principles. And as Thomas More said, um, a person of all seasons is paramount, I think, in the world to come concerning politics. I, I love the fact of what Melissa said about the negative side. And I think the negative side can be that a person of faith can be perceived as being a person that is stubborn, that is closed, that will not bend for other people. And every, every advantage has an unintentional negative, doesn't it? And that's one of it, I think, is that person can be be perceived as being blinkered. Um, yeah. I think the key is we don't... Oh, I certainly don't want us to be in an intolerant regime, a totalitarian regime, yes. whereby everyone has to agree about everything. Yeah. And, and Melissa said earlier on about there is a large percentage of people still in our nation who are people of faith, and they deserve a representation in politics and yeah. politics will be poorer for that. And uh, because uh, we as people of faith, we have something to contribute. Mm, 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 mm. So I think for me, I will never find a, another Christian who has the same views as me. Tony's relieved about that. And I think, you know, and um, we all need other people's perspectives, don't we? You know, there isn't a set way of going forward. Um, there, it is an open book. It is a, a journey of faith, a journey of discovery. And it is being a broad church. It is bringing a broad faith base in a nation. And it's giving people the opportunity, the permission to be on a journey and to discover what their faith means and discover what their faith um, has a different interpretation from another person of faith. And, and we need to be that liberal and that inclusive. But within that, we can be very exclusive because we, we can be intolerant towards people having a journey. The, yeah. the sad thing to me is that this polarisation mm. is, is driven by the media and it's very easy for some politicians for quick wins to just go along with their agenda, mm. whereas behind the scenes actually the relationships between politicians is, is much friendlier and much more open and, and different and that there are Christian politicians in many different political parties at different levels they have a relationship with each other there are people of, of Muslim faith there mm. and they are engaged personally and in relationship with others mm. and so actually on the ground that actually people of faith are respected and mm. valued for their uh, yeah. opinions and contribution. Yeah. It's just that when it comes to elections like this, there is this pressure driven by the media for sound bites, for quick wins, yeah. which undermines the whole of our uh, democratic society. Yeah. And we'll be poorer if this side of things yeah. win. Yeah, I, I was at a select committee on Monday and I just happened, because I knew 
I had some communication with Nigel just before, so it was in my head. And I just asked, um, how many faiths are here? You know, how many faiths are here? So we had three different parties and we had seven different faiths. And I think that's wonderful because what they brought to the table was a unique perspective that we urgently need. We urgently need to have other perspectives and to respect that and to be tolerant of it. And that's something I personally really like about Katie. She's one of the most tolerant people you can imagine. And that it has so annoyed me how she's been projected as being intolerant. And she's not. It's been hijacked in an agenda that she hasn't chosen. Sorry, Tony, your question, Nigel, about what's, um, you know, the benefits. I think above all, you know, just as in any kind of role and position, you want the most competent person who is able to do the job, um, you know, and yes, kind of their experience and background and all of those things will play play a part. But ultimately, yeah. there could be another Christian or another Muslim who is very much not the right person for the job. Um, but these people are, are, are where they are because they've shown that they are uh, candidates and they, they are competent enough to do the job. And having religious belief and having conviction in those beliefs shouldn't be something that disqualifies you for it. And if we live in a country that says we uphold the rights uh, and protect the rights of equality to people uh, because no. of religion, then it shouldn't be a question of, you know, asking a, a well-known fact around um sexuality or, or things like that um you know because you know that the answer you're going to get that shouldn't be something that's used to disqualify someone um otherwise you're ultimately just discriminating against people of faith you know in a blanket kind of way yeah the, the thing that i find most encouraging in the midst of this and pin my hope on is i've got in front of me a yougov survey that was done uh, just a week or so ago asking people about one of the questions, to what extent, if at all, would you support or oppose people with religious faith holding top government jobs? So what did the public feel about this, rather than mm. mm. sound bites? And 60% yeah. said that they supported it. Yeah. Yeah. 20% opposed and 20% did not know. So despite what what is said and what is done, actually the public out there is open to it, to, to a level of three to one, 60 to 20 uh, are for it. And so my, my hope is that this will be demonstrated because it's not the media that has the votes, it'll be the members of the SNP that, that they would not discriminate uh, against anyone because of their faith. And, and so I, I am hopeful, uh, but I do think it, it's, a, it's a crucial area and a crucial battle that we're in at the moment. Yeah, I, I, th I think, and, and time will tell as well, <laughs> uh, with this particular, uh, uh, um, you know, leadership contest, but then yeah. also a, a following election uh, afterwards uh, will also uh, show something um, into this arena. I think uh, the, the press always drive a kind of dichotomy <clears throat> of opinion to yeah. bring out something. And and they've driven that very hard during this to try and draw out things, um, but I think just looking at um, this this the kind of um, opinion you've just raised there uh, expressed by the YouGov poll, uh, one one of the things I'd just say about that is some of the terms used. 
and this is what Melissa raised, was the understanding and the religious literacy of the nation um, is is does is not particularly high on some some issues. Mm. I wonder if the term uh, used in the poll, evangelical Christian, probably means American style Christian yeah. <laughs> to the majority of British people, and actually the idea of evangelical being a Bible belief, which is what it is. Um, doesn't feature in most people's understanding of what an evangelical Christian um, is. And so I think there's a, a lack of understanding. I think this dichotomy tries to draw something out for a discussion. But behind the scenes, um, I don't think our nation fully understands what it means to be Muslim or what it means to be an evangelical Christian or what it means to be those things. And the media itself portrays what those things are and then drives the whole thing around. And so it's going to be very interesting. Um, I think, do you trust someone who's got a fixed point of reference or someone who is still making up their minds about their their point of reference on different issues. There's some of those things that drive thought into this arena. And I wonder, I don't want to be culturally um, wrong here. Uh, I've traveled different parts of the world, but I've never been accused of being Scottish. Um, so I don't know what the <laughs> Scottish people uh, feel about um, these kind of things. But does that make it, do, do they want to know where someone's coming from even though they disagree with it and i think that will be the telling factor when especially when it comes to a general election uh what way things will go if someone uh of faith is in the top of the party i think it's important to say maybe on the back of of what you've just said though that even people of faith can still have a, a changing uh you know yeah. change of perspective and change of views especially under the pressure that that you know of, of particular issues we see um in society now we do have a lot of um people who who have um you know have new ways of approaching things that might not be traditionally uh, or perhaps seen as authentically the, the view of the religion um but there are definitely you know, so that idea of fixed point, I think, is not necessarily always true, even of people of faith, because people are human and, and we change um, we change views and we change religions and, you know, and, and all of that. Um, so I just wanted to, to sort of throw that in there as well, I suppose. So um, with this playing out, I think there's something like 12 hustings that are taking place mm -hmm. around this leadership contest. I'm sure other issues will come to the fore, uh, not just faith, but it's certainly made its mark at the beginning of this. And I think it, it is an important discussion. Um, you know, we, we can have the subject of, you know, can a person uh, of faith be in the top of um, politics? I, I think the discussion itself has influences for where our society is at. And I, I just wonder um, where you think this will go. I mean, it's a it's an unsafe question, but I just sort of wonder, how do you see this playing out? Over the next few weeks, do you think uh, the faith element will die die down in conversation, or do you think it'll remain the whole way through? Um, how do you think this will play out in the SMP? I just wanted to say two things. One is that it's interesting, isn't it, how much this um, the, the 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 debate of faith has become such a big um, yeah. you know big point that that's being spoken about that actually a lot of other 
important issues are going to be kind of um, minimised and, and not addressed in the way that they should be if we want to look at who, who are our politicians. We don't just want their views on one thing um, that may or may not even uh, you know really be relevant to our lives, but actually we want to know what their views are and their policies are on, on lots of other things. Um, and if your only kind of uh, source of information of that is media, it's very much sort of one-sided. Yeah. I mean, I, my own view, my own gut, um, I'm very closely involved in the SNP, is that it will it will become uh, lower down on on the agenda consciously, but subconsciously it will be very high on the agenda. And I think it's these days are paramount to what the outcome is going to be of the election, very, very much so. But I think uh, because there has been quite a lot of backlash from many different people of faith, although that hasn't really been represented in the media, it has been there and it's been prevalent. I think it will be seen as being less as important, but I think in real terms it will be more important in the election. I'm I'm hopeful that this, uh, people speaking out, both people of faith and people without a faith, of saying that faith didn't ought to disqualify people, I think is a healthy thing. Yeah. I think it is coming to a, yeah. a key point, um, but my my hope is, and I am an optimist, my yeah. hope is that common sense will prevail yeah. and people of faith will be able to express their faith honestly and openly yeah. and not be vilified for it, but respected for yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, our democracy will be stronger because of it. Yeah. And, and I think it's also calling on history, the heritage of Scotland. Scotland has an incredible history, a global history of being a nation of faith. So it's saying, can we, we're not saying anything new or anything radical here. We're calling on people to be who, who they were, what their history has shaped them to be. It's, it's not radical in any shape or form. It's just calling on their history um, and being an implementation of that history. That's all the ask is. I I do feel very strongly, if I'm brutally honest, that that we will see faith reignited within Scotland, and we will see faith as being more of the moral compass. We walk a, a fine line, don't we, between this idea of being inclusive and equality, and um, but actually in our efforts to try and put that into practice for some certain groups that actually becomes discrimination against others um, and this is the sexuality and religion debate the gender and religion debate um, that we've talked about in a school education context and now in this sort of political context um, and we've seen the way that some uh, that politicians have spoken about some groups, you know, in the past, and whether that's sort of ethnic groups or religious groups, um, we've seen the way that, and to the level and to the extent that it's been accepted to talk down and and be really, um, you know, really show your bias and be prejudiced and dis and discriminatory against those groups, and. I think we're definitely stronger together, um, as mm -hmm. Tony said. That you know, seeing more people of faith and and people of no faith speaking out against this kind of um, trajectory that we are seeing that seeks to disqualify people of faith from the political of, uh, political arena if they are, um, you know, having conviction in their faith. And mm -hmm. um, so, hopefully, that's hopefully things will get better and and not get worse. Yeah. 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 Uh, also, you know, Scotland is part of the United Kingdom. 
just now. And we're really passionate about democracy, aren't we? That everyone has a right to think and to feel in a certain way uh, within the perimeters of the law. And and we need to encourage diversity, don't we? Yes, very good. We need to encourage diversity. Yeah. And and we need to hear the voices of diversity too. And I think that's mm. that's important. And and I think this has brought it all up. I, I really thank you all for your comments. One of my thoughts and on it is is it challenges me. Here's someone who's boldly stood up for their faith um, and spoken out and been willing to stand up to media pressure and everything else. Um, I spoke with the head of HR for a large organization a number of years ago. And um, we were discussing about Christians in the workplace and how they were being treated and so mm. on. And and they turned around and said to me, what we need is people to be more up, speaking up more about their faith because we're left trying to second guess things. <laughs> and I thought that was a really powerful statement from the head of HR that actually we do need to be more upfront about what we believe, whatever that belief is, mm. that that needs to be into the arena or else we're just on the back foot complaining about things. And I think that's a less um, pleasant place to be. But there's a need to to to, to bring who we are and our beliefs into whatever arena we're in. And that's one of the things I'm, I find a challenge watching the story unfold in the news. And I'm sure there'll be lots more to follow and mm. many twists and turns because a day is a long time in politics, they say. And I wonder how this will all play out uh, in the end. But thank you all for your, your wisdom, your comments, your uh, insights. Um, and I think we'll end it there.